Welcome to the First Century Church Podcast. My name is Stephen Wilhoy, and I'm the lead pastor at First Century Church, and it is an honor to have you with us today. The goal of the podcast is simple. We want you to be encouraged, challenged, and inspired to go further in your faith than ever before. If you'd like more information about the church, you can visit our website, firstcenturykc.com. And if you happen to be in the Kansas City area anytime soon, we'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings to connect with you in person. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. Well, there's an old saying actually attributed to an ancient Chinese proverb that says, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You probably got it, right? A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Well, today is a very special day for us here at First Century. We are beginning the first step of a three-week journey, maybe not a thousand miles, but a three-week journey that we're calling 21 for 21. So today is day one, step one of our 21 days of prayer and fasting for the year 2021. For the next three weeks, we're going to take this dedicated time to really intense spiritual focus to start the new year. And uh, so what we're going to do the next three Sundays, starting today, is a three-week series about prayer and fasting. So next week, we'll look at the idea of prayer, which you might be pretty familiar with, but still, we're going to explore and look at the importance of prayer, the power of prayer, the benefits of prayer uh, next Sunday. And then we'll finish up the series in two weeks by just kind of overarching look at as we're, as we're starting the third and final week of this 21 days, uh, we'll be looking at really why do you fast and pray overall? What's the point? What's the benefit of, of the whole practice in general? But today, on our first day of this 21-day journey, we're going to look at fasting. Now, fasting may be a new idea for you. Now, maybe you fasted before, you know, for a medical procedure, the, the night before an operation or whatever. You've got to fast, that sort of thing. But maybe as a spiritual practice, this whole idea is new or foreign to you. Maybe you have a bit of an idea of what it is and why we do it. Maybe you've never done it before. And so if this is your first time fasting, let me just first applaud you uh, for taking that next step in your faith journey, doing a new thing, trying something out of your comfort zone. As we'll talk about today, I believe the benefits are going to be huge for your life in this spiritual practice or discipline of fasting. So we'll look at today, since fasting is not as well known as especially prayer next week, we're going to look at really what fasting is and why we do it, what the benefits of fasting are. So what is fasting? Well, funny enough, uh, fasting is the opposite of slowing. No, it's not. It's not the opposite. of That's not what fasting is. Okay. No. Uh, just a great simple definition of fasting is fasting is a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. So fasting is a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. So let me just break down a couple of key words there as we flesh out the definition, then we'll look into the benefits uh, or some of the trademarks of fasting. So it's voluntary. We're not forcing anyone to fast. 
We're not twisting anyone's arm to fast. Now, I am encouraging you to jump on board. I maybe am challenging you or pushing you a little bit to try it, especially if you never have before. You're kind of scared about it, kind of unsure about it. It's unknown to you. I would strongly encourage you to jump on board and give it a try in some way, but it's voluntary. It's voluntary. It's abstinence from food. Now, that's the traditional definition, especially biblically, to fast from food. So from this, for this 21-day period, traditionally, you would fast from maybe all food or some food or certain meals or however you want to do it. But food is typically what we do. But as we've said in the lead-up to this for the past several weeks, maybe your health condition or diet condition doesn't make it able for you to fast food or certain foods. So there's other things that you can fast during this time. Maybe you're going to fast media. You're going to put Netflix on hold for three whole weeks, right? You're going to stop watching your favorite shows for three whole weeks, right? You can do it, and as we'll see, there are benefits to it. Maybe you're going to fast social media. Maybe you're going to turn off Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. You're going to just, you're going to say, you know what, for three weeks, I'm going to unplug. I'm going to really focus in on my relationship with God. So it's voluntary abstinence from food or something else. But the key that we're going to focus on today, it's for a spiritual purpose. It's for spiritual purposes. That's really what we're going to focus in on today. We're going to look at you know, why do we fast? What does that look like? What are, what are some trademarks or hallmarks of fasting? And what is the benefit of fasting? Why am I withholding food or media or social media or whatever else you're choosing to fast? Why am I doing that? What's the point? So we'll look at that here today. And there's three things that I want to focus on as we look at this spiritual practice of fasting. The first thing that we're going to look at today with fasting is that fasting shows dedication. Fasting shows dedication. We're going to look at the Old Testament book of Joel. Joel chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. These verses say this, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. So in this specific instance, there's a lot of of verses in the Bible about fasting, but I picked this one for a specific reason. Now, in Joel 2, they're calling a national fast or a congregational fast, some might call it, to repent as a nation for falling away from God. Now, that's not the purpose of our fast as a church, although as you're praying and seeking God and, and really investing spiritually in your life right now, maybe God will show you things that you need to repent of. That's totally fine and appropriate, and I would encourage you to do that. But we're not, we're not calling this, this fast, oh, we need to repent as a church or as a nation. Now, as a nation, yeah, we probably do. But again, this is just a general call to fast for our church. But the reason I brought out this scripture specifically is it because it uses this word consecrate twice in these two verses, consecrate. It's similar to the word holy, so it's setting apart something. So they're consecrating a fast. They're setting aside this time. They're dedicating this time to fasting and to prayer, to seeking God, his forgiveness, his re- their repentance, uh, his guidance, his direction, uh, a closeness to him. It's showing dedication. But the key is dedication to what or really to whom? This time is dedicated to God. We're setting aside time, we're withholding food or entertainment or social media or whatever else you're fasting to dedicate more time, intentional time to God. 
So that really leads to, I, I think, what is maybe the greatest danger or possible pitfall to fasting, and that is when we do it for the wrong reasons, when we have improper motives. So let me just say this from the outset. Fasting is not a diet, okay? So the reason that we're starting the year out with fasting and prayer is to start the year out the right way, to start the year out strong, to start the year out solid and deep in the things of God, focusing intensely on Him to begin a new year. But there's a danger with this time of year, and that is a lot of people, maybe even many of you, have made some new diet goals. You know, I want to lose weight. I want to get fit. I need to lose pounds and inches, okay? So let me just say, I do want to encourage you, if you're able to, to do the traditional fast from food, especially fast food, right? We're going to fast food. But if, you, if you're trying that, but yet you're working on your diet and your body and yourself, that's good. That's a good goal to have. But if these two things are like oil and water and they're not mixing, you're not going to get the spiritual benefit that should come with fasting. So if you find yourself the next few days constantly still looking at the scale, obsessing over if you're losing more weight because you're fasting. Is it going to accelerate my goal? Am I going to get a jump start? If that's going through your mind, I understand that. But let me just encourage you, fast something else. Because you're not fasting food if you're still obsessing over your diet and your weight and your figure and your inches during this time. It is not, again, the definition is voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. So if you're trying to gain an edge with a physical purpose, you can't really call it fasting. I'll just be honest. May, maybe that offends you, but I'm just saying it's for spiritual purposes. So if you can't get over the obsession with your diet goals and your health goals and your weight goals, I would suggest for now, while that's intensely in your mind the first couple weeks of the year, to maybe fast something else. And then maybe later in the year when, that's, when you've reached a goal, then fast. Or maybe when you're not so obsessed with, with that diet or weight or health goal, then do a fast of food, okay? Again, not trying to hurt anyone's feelings or make you feel bad, but that's just the reality. It's for spiritual purposes. We want to have proper motives. And then Jesus also has a different thing to say about motives too. In Matthew 6, he's talking about fasting, saying you should fast. I expect you to fast. It's part of what you, your religious you know, duty and drawing closer to God at certain times. But he says, when you fast, don't like suck in your cheeks to look skinnier so people notice. Uh, he, you know, he says, don't try to look sick and, oh, my tummy, my stomach hurts from fasting, guys. I'm fa Did you hear me, everyone? I'm fasting. That's why I'm losing weight. That's why I'm hungry, because I'm fasting. He's saying, no, no, no. And if, if you're trying to get noticed or you're trying to feel super spiritual by fasting, you've received your reward. That is your reward. That's all you're going to get is some recognition from certain people. You're not going to gain the spiritual benefit. Now, with that being said, if you are changing certain eating habits, people are going to probably notice and maybe ask questions. So I don't want you to lie to them. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not saying if someone says, hey, are you fasting? Oh, no, 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 I don't fast. I don't, no, I don't do that. That's not, he's not saying you should be deceptive, right? That's not the point. Uh, so if you have a certain pattern at work, but you're maybe going to fast lunch, during this time, and your coworkers just notice that you're not eating with them or you're not eating at all, 
you can tell them, you know, our church is doing a fast and I'm just fasting lunch for the next three weeks. That's just simple, right? At home, if you're fasting, you're, maybe people that you live with, your kids are going to ask, why aren't you eating dinner? Or why aren't you eating lunch? Or why are you eating salads every day and just drinking water? You can tell them, hey, our church is doing a fast. I'm going to join in and I'm, I'm only eating, you know, vegetables or I'm, I'm whatever. I'm fasting caffeine or whatever. You can, you can be honest about it, but it's not like beating your chest, Okay, so like if you work in retail and you've got walkie-talkies and, and your manager says, hey, it's time for your lunch break, you can say, no, no, it's time for my fasting break, boss, because fa- I'm fasting. Remember my fast that I'm fasting? Right, that's Jesus says, don't do that. That's not the point. You're not, we're not trying to impress people. We're not trying to feel and appear spiritual. We're just trying to connect with God, okay? So you can tell people if they ask or you can let them know. Uh, but again, don't make it a huge deal. Uh, but fasting shows dedication. We're taking out this three-week period to start the year to dedicate ourselves intensely for God. The second thing that fasting does is fasting declares dependence. Fasting declares dependence. There's two examples of fasting that I want to look at besides Joel, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. So in the book of Daniel, Daniel actually fasts twice that it's recorded in the book of Daniel, but the first one is in chapter one, right off the bat. Uh, And it's not really even seen as a fast, but it is, and it definitely shows his dependence on God. So Daniel is alive in a very interesting time in the nation of Israel. So, or really Judah, the capital city of Jerusalem is overtaken, burned to the ground by the Babylonians. And so then in a series of times, different Israelites, different people, are taken captive to Babylon to live there. And Daniel is taken for a very specific reason. He is a young, uh, up-and-coming leader in, in Judah at this time. And so basically the Babylonians are taking the best and brightest and strongest men to basically uh, brainwash them, if you will, uh, to become great Babylonian leaders. So they're getting the finest education maybe in the world, but it's a Babylonian education. They're trying to erase their memory of their, you know, stupid foreign Israel God. We don't worship him anymore. We worship the Babylonian gods. And so Daniel's in this time. So part of this assimilation process with Daniel and others is they are going to eat the diet of the Babylonians. So the Babylonians are going to have food that for Daniel would be unclean, certain meats and other foods that he cannot, by obeying God's law, he cannot eat those foods. So in Daniel 1, he basically says, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to eat unclean food. And one of the guys that's kind of in charge of him and his group, he's like, dude, if you get sick or if you are weak, that's not going to be good for you. If if you get found out that you're not eating the food that's provided, they're they're not going to be happy with that. So Daniel basically, in his showing dependence on God, says, hey, okay, let's do a 10-day test. So we kind of did a 10-day fast here. He said, I'll eat vegetables and I'll drink water. That's it. After 10 days, I guarantee you my dependence on God's going to pay off, and I'll still be as strong as anybody else. They'll never know what's going on. And that's exactly what happened. Actually, it's even better than that, because Daniel was among the strongest and the fittest and the best of the men that were there without eating the unclean meat and other foods that he wasn't allowed to eat by law. So his dependence on God paid off in a great way. Then Jesus in the New Testament, he fasted, right? Matthew 4, also Luke 4. He fasted for 40 days, 40 days. And it's believed that there no food, no water. That's what we call a supernatural fast. I don't recommend that you do that, okay, unless you want to end up dead in about a week and a half, okay? 
But that's why it's called a supernatural fast. In the desert, no food, no water for 40 days. But then right on the heels of the fast of Jesus comes what? Comes this temptation from Satan in the wilderness. But Jesus had such a dependence on God from his time of fasting He was so keyed in spiritually that he was able to pretty easily just, you know, flick away three pretty strong temptations from Satan himself. So this time of fasting brought such a dependence upon Jesus to the Father that he was able to withstand extreme temptation after his fast. And part of this dependence on God here is the idea of humility, Fasting humbles us. It's withholding something essential, food, for a certain period of time to dedicate ourselves to God. It shows dependence through humility. Even the kings of the Old Testament fasted. David, uh, in Psalm 35, talks about fasting. King Ahab, in 1 Kings 21, an evil king who kind of turns to God through fasting, through repentance, through humility, he shows that humility and dependence on God through fasting. Fasting. And of course, even Jesus, the greatest of all, fasted. It shows that, okay, God, I need you. God, I see importance in you above anything, even food, even entertainment, even other things that I can consume so much of my time. I'm dedicating this time to you to show dependence upon you. But it's important, though, that we focus on filling that time with spending time with God. That's the point. That's where the spiritual benefit comes in. It's not just that I'm skipping meals. It's that during that time where I'm usually filling myself physically, I'm going to fill myself spiritually. So during that time that you're fasting, take our 21-day prayer guide with you and be praying about the things that we're praying about. Fill that empty time that you're emptying out with spiritual stuff. So instead of filling yourself, again, physically, it's filling yourself spiritually. And you're not limited to praying about the thing that we're praying for each day. Pray about other things that are important to you. Keep your regular prayer rhythm in that. Uh, Fill it with maybe a little bit of extra time in Scripture during that time to encourage you, sustain you, strengthen you, deepen your relationship with God. Again, that's the whole point of fasting, not just to skip this or stop that or whatever, but to fill that time with more intense spiritual time with God. It shows dependence upon Him. Then the third thing that fasting does, I think this is the main benefit that we get from fasting, is that fasting brings focus. Fasting brings focus. And we see this in really two different ways. The first way that we see this is that the focus that fasting brings strengthens our faith and our prayer. So in Matthew 17, there's an account where this man brings his son to Jesus, and he's desperate. His son is demon-possessed. And he tells Jesus, he says, hey, I I tried to bring him to some of your followers, your disciples, and they couldn't do anything. He's still here flailing, foaming at the mouth, trying to harm himself. He's not himself. He's out of his right mind. I need you to help. And so Jesus quickly, calmly, easily rebukes the demon, casts out the demon. Now the boy is back in his right mind, full health. And so then after this, Jesus and his disciples, they have some private time together, and the disciples take this opportunity to ask Jesus about this account. What happened is basically their question. Let's read it together. Matthew 17, verse 19 says this. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? So they're confused here. Because of your little faith, he told them, 
For I assure you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. So this last phrase, this last verse here, is only in about half of the English translations. There's some debate about which manuscripts have this verse and which ones don't. But I love this verse, verse 21 of Matthew 17, because it shows the focus, the power that fasting can bring. So the focus that comes through fasting here, Jesus says, can cause things to happen in certain situations during or after a time of fasting that would not normally happen. So he's saying there's sort of an, sort of an extra oomph in your spirit during this time of fasting, maybe immediately following a time of fasting. It like su- not only recharges your spiritual battery, but it can supercharge your spiritual battery. So you can believe for things through faith that you otherwise would not have without fasting. You might see certain things happen in your life, in situations spiritually that you otherwise maybe would not have seen. Fasting could bring a focus that sort of brings an extra oomph to your spiritual life. But the other way that fasting brings focus is that it sort of clears our thinking. It clears our mind. It clears our spirit so that we are able to sense God strongly. We're able to hear him more clearly. We see this here in Acts chapter 13. Let's look at verses 2 and 3 together. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so a group of church leaders are worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So these spiritual men, spiritual leaders, church leaders, through this time of prayer and fasting, sensed God's leading, heard God's voice, sensed his prompting to send out the right people to do the right mission at the right time. So they were able to hear this and sense this through fasting. Then they fasted and prayed some more so that they could send them out at the right time. God gave them exactly what they needed, told them what they needed to hear to do the mission that he had prepared for them. So what we see here is the focus that fasting brings helps us to declutter spiritually, helps us to declutter mentally, I believe even declutter emotionally. Uh, This this, uh, focus gives us really headspace. It gives us heart space so that we can hear and sense God's instruction for our lives. We can sense his guidance in our lives, direction, wisdom in our lives. This focus that comes through fasting can have huge benefits to your daily life, your everyday life. It can give you clarity on big decisions. Maybe you've been fretting over a decision for weeks or months. You didn't know what to do or how to do it. I believe this time of fasting can give you clarity on key situations. It can, it can help you to make the right decision at the right time in the right way. Maybe this time of fasting is going to grow patience in you to wait. Or maybe it's going to give you courage to act. 
And at the very least, I believe this time of fasting will give you wisdom on which of those to do. You can't have patience to wait and courage to act at the same time about the same thing. You've got to pick one or the other. So I believe that God will give you wisdom and insight on whether I'm supposed to be patient and wait or that I'm supposed to have courage and pursue that thing, make that decision, make that change, whatever that might be. I also believe, we mentioned this a bit if you're with us on Wednesday Night Live this last Wednesday, I believe that this time of fasting can give you focus to prepare you for what's next. Maybe God, as we said Wednesday night, has something planned for your life, something big for you, but he knows you're not ready yet. I believe this time of fasting can get you ready. I believe it can prepare you for what's next. Or maybe you're going to be like Jesus in Matthew 4. Maybe this time of fasting is going to prepare you and strengthen you for a battle ahead, for temptation that's lying ready, ready and waiting to trip you up. But this time of fasting is going to strengthen you. It's going to open your eyes. It's going to deepen that relationship with God to be able to hear his voice above the clutter and noise in life maybe to withstand whatever attack the enemy may have planned for you. This is going to get you ready and strengthened for what is ahead. Fasting brings focus that can have huge benefits to your life. But as we begin to wrap it up here, let me get really practical for just a couple of minutes, okay? Super practical. Let me just, let me just mention this. Fasting is known as a spiritual discipline, spiritual discipline. So Bible reading is a spiritual discipline. Prayer, um, worship, all these types of things are spiritual disciplines. So this means that fasting requires discipline. It's not easy. If you're fasting, especially food, you will discover within a couple of days, oh, oh, it really does have effect. <laughs> like I am hungry right now because normally I'm eating. Or I do sense, you know, hunger uh, pains going on here because normally I'm eating or eating more, right? So it is not always easy, but it requires discipline. There's this cheesy phrase, but it's true, no pain, no gain. So there is that aspect of it that we sort of, in a way, suffer spiritually to some degree uh, or suffer physically to some degree to gain the benefits spiritually in our lives. That's true. Let me give you another sort of corny phrase, but it applies here, and that is, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So especially if fasting is a new thing for you, a new discipline for you, you're trying it out for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time, I want you to succeed in this. I want you to see it through. I want you to set yourself up for success, not failure. So we have to be disciplined. We have to make a plan. We have to have a strategy. So let me just get really practical for a couple minutes here. If you're fasting food, let me give you some encouragement here. Don't schedule lunch meetings, okay? Now, if, if at work you have one, you're going to have to navigate that and figure that out. Maybe you're going to have to explain, you know, why you're not eating at the meeting or what's good. That's fine. But just don't plan those, okay? Just be smart. Have a strategy here. Don't plan dinner parties with any friends or family for the next three weeks. If you're, if you're fasting food or dinner, just, like, double-check the schedule so that you succeed. Have a plan. Have a strategy so that you're not like, oh, well, i got to feel guilty about breaking my fast because I made this plan. No, just work it out. Like, we're in day one. Go over your calendar and your schedule. Work out those things. Do it now. Maybe you want to grocery shop online because maybe if you're fasting food, um, walking through aisles of food may not be great 
it's going to maybe sabotage, make it more difficult than it should be. Maybe you want to do it online to pick it up, make it easier. Maybe you want to have someone, like maybe your spouse or somebody else, go get the groceries for you or have your kids or somebody else put them away so that you can not make it harder than it needs to be. Now, it is difficult, but let's not make it harder than it needs to be. There is some, you know, no pain, no gain, but let's not make it agonizing, right? Let's just deal with it as best we can, but let's have a plan. Let's have a strategy for success in fasting. Maybe you're fasting media or social media. Let me give you this simple encouragement. Uninstall the apps on all your devices for the next three weeks. Because if you're like, I'm, you know, I'm going to have... Netflix and Hulu and Facebook and Prime and Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to still have them on my phone. I'm still going to have all these apps on my TV, on my tablet, but I'm just not going to get baloney. You won't last two seconds. Get them off your device. Get them off your phone. You can reinstall them. Just don't forget your password and login information, right? And if you do forget, then great. You fasted those things for longer, okay? Uh, have a plan. Have a strategy. Don't walk into this thinking it's going to be super easy all the time. Uninstall the apps. Just a simple, simple thing. If you're going to fast social media, maybe you want to make a quick post. Hey, I'm going to be off social media for a couple of weeks. Uh, time of fasting and prayer at our church. Just do that. So you don't just totally disappear. People aren't like, are you okay? Are, are, are you dead? You know, like have a plan. Do a simple thing. Like just make, make this strategy out. Maybe you want to actually make a chart to cross off so you can see there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I'm on day 17. There's only a few days left or, you know, so you can cross off days, you know, to keep up with yourself, that sort of thing. That's a great strategy. And with that said, here's another thing that's really going to help is accountability uh, and uh, and support. Accountability and support are going to be huge for you during this time of fasting these 21 days. So like I said, maybe have a chart to cross off to keep you going. You might want to journal during this time. So if God's speaking to you, you can write it down, look back on it later. Uh, or maybe you can write down your experience about fasting to look at later, to encourage you later on. Maybe write down things you're praying for, believing God for during this time, and just see what maybe God does in the weeks and months after the fast. Maybe you want to write, make a journal in that. Even if you're not a journaler or a writer, maybe that's a good thing for you to do. I would suggest maybe having a check-in buddy. Uh, maybe if it's someone else that's fasting in the church, get their number, you know, call them, text them, email them every couple days or whatever, just to check in, see how they're doing, see if they're struggling, see if you can pray for them, what's going on, to build that community and that accountability uh, and that support system. And even if they're not fasting, maybe just try to find somebody to encourage you on your journey. Hey, I'm not doing it, but you can do it. You can do this. I believe in you. God's going to do great things through this. It's going to be really helpful and encouraging to have that accountability and support system during this time of fasting. And we're going to have different things, Facebook Lives and Zooms, for us to check in together as a church if you're able at the time to hop on. Just to see, hey, how you doing? How's the fast going? What do you believe in God for? What's God saying to you? That sort of thing. Just to, to uh, you know, support one another on this journey. Because it's not always easy, but the spiritual benefits are huge. They are amazing. So fasting is a spiritual discipline that requires discipline. And maybe this is new for you. Maybe you're going to find it's more difficult than you thought. Maybe you're not going to feel anything. You're like, I thought you said God was going to speak to me. You know, I can't guarantee what God's going to do. I just believe by faith that he's going to do something special in your life. I know that as we engage in this dedicated, intentional time that is set aside, 
I believe that we will unlock a new spiritual dimension. I believe that you're going to go to higher heights in your faith and deeper depths in your faith than ever before as we engage in this special time of prayer and fasting. What a great way to start a new year. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time of prayer and fasting. God, I'm expecting, anticipating great things for those engaging in this time over the next three weeks. Today is just step one of this journey, and I hope that we're excited and encouraged in anticipating great things. And so, God, we dedicate this time to you. These three weeks are for us to engage deeper with you, to spend more time dedicated to intentionally pursuing you. And this is a time where we show our dependence upon you, God. We're withholding things that may be essential in food or important in media or things that consume our time and attention normally. We're setting those aside to depend upon you. God, we need you more than food. We need you more than the news. We need you more than social media. We need you more than life itself. We are totally dependent upon you. And God, I pray that we're always, as followers of Jesus, focused on you, but we want to be intensely focused during this time. We want to be in a position where we declutter our heart and our mind and our spirit and our emotions to be able to sense your presence like never before. That's the point. I pray that as we fill this extra time with more time with you, that we would hear you more clearly than we've ever heard you before. I pray that we would sense your presence deeply, during this time. I pray that we would sense your wisdom and guidance and encouragement and strength and power like we've never experienced before to get us ready for what's next, to prepare our hearts, to put us in a great place at the start of this new year for what you want to do in us and through us. God, thank you for this time of fasting and prayer. I pray for strength I pray for encouragement, and I pray for you to really show yourself faithful and powerful in all of us, especially those of us that are engaging in this time of fasting. May it be so. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us here for our final church online, hopefully ever. We will see you live and in person next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Can't wait to join with you and actually see you, be with you, and worship with you. And so I'm encouraged, I want to encourage you this week in your first full week of prayer and fasting, really engage Really stick with it. Really give God this time and hone in because I believe he is going to do great things in and through your life during this time. Love you guys. God bless you. And we will see you next weekend.